Hello and welcome back to the Tigers Down Under. We have uh, been away for quite a while and a lot has happened on field, which we're eager to get in and discuss. Um, but first, I'll welcome my guest for the evening. Um, welcome, Dan. Uh, hey, Alex. It's um, it's good to be back. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's been a little while. Um, we were talking off air just before the podcast started that um, the last episode that we had, we previewed the game against Birmingham City, where... The context of the discussion was basically we would be lucky to get a point against them and we were hoping, um, you know, a result would be great, but a point would be certainly more than adequate. We were sitting 23rd in the table on 15 points from 16 games played. Fast forward to today, we've played a further 11 games or 12 games, I should say. Uh, No, 11 games. We're on 39 points. So between episodes, we've amassed 24 points from, a pos- from from 11 games, so 24 from a possible 33, which is utterly outstanding and utterly ridiculous. So um, obviously there's a lot of games that we could discuss, and I think uh, we, we kind of decided it would be better to go through the players and highlight the players' performances that have helped turn around this form. Uh, but as a general thought, general comment, what, what's been your um, sense or what's been your take on this amazing form? Um. Yeah, it's just been it's just been wild. Um, I, I honestly like heading into the season, I would never have thought there would have come a point this year where we would have amassed six six wins in a row um, in the league. Um, it just it's insane, and to think that like it hasn't all been. It's not like we've played like got our results all against the bottom six. Like um, you know, we've been leads. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's been some some very impressive um, results in there um, and some really impressive performances. And I think it's just been like, I think we are saying last, in our last episode that the our position maybe was not completely um, reflective of our performances overall. It maybe looked a little bit worse than how the team was performing as a whole because um, I think across the first 10 or 15 games, we had only lost a game we'd only conceded more than one goal in about four games or something four of the games or something so there was lots of one nil losses and one all draws and things but um like it's we've i think we've they've just turned they've just sort of clicked into gear and turned the corner now a little bit so um it's been onwards and upwards and i let you know long may it continue well it's great to see because i think we were saying similar last season as well um especially under slutsky at the start of the season where so many late goals, so many drop points, whether it was turning a win into a draw or a draw into a loss, where we could look at the team and say this squad should be performing a whole lot better because obviously the games were showing that we weren't getting blown away in games. We had the occasional smashing, I'm sure Derby did us last season just as they did us in the Cup this season. But on the whole, we were actually playing quite well. And so for the, for the position in the table that we were in, same as this season, it seemed quite unjust. And so it's great to see this season that we've actually clicked into gear. And I, th- I think the most remarkable thing and, and always the thing that I, I have to say when people ask, where has this form come from? You know, has has someone just returned from an injury and, and sort of slotted back into the side? So like last season when Hernandez came back into the side, you could kind of look at that and say, well, that's where that form's come from. Or, you know, signing Wilson in January, things like that. But this season, there's not been any particular player necessarily who's slotted into the side and, you know, performed like a like a house on fire um it's not like we've sacked the manager and got a new manager bounce or anything like that it's really just a collective performance from the group and that confidence breeds confidence winning breeds winning and 
to go, you know, 2-0 Brentford, 3-2 Swansea, 2-1 Preston, 2-0 Leeds, which is absolutely the best of the lot. Uh, 6-0 against Bolton, which is equally in some ways as impressive to just completely blow a side off the park. Uh, and then most recently, 3-0 against Wednesday, where we just absolutely cruised through the game. And as soon as they, they looked remotely threatening, we just went up a notch and, and just blew them off the park. Um, it's fantastic to see, and there's been rotation in the personnel. We've seen Irvine score both goals in the win against Preston, and now he's off at the Asian Cup, and we thought, geez, he's going to be hard to replace. But Evandro slotted in, and he's looked equally as impressive. Uh, we've had Campbell up top scoring goals, who's then gone out of the side with an injury, and we've had Martin and Dicko and others come into the side, and even they're starting to score goals now. Bowen on one wing, Grzycki on the other, which I, I seem to remember one of the early episodes, we kept going on about the fact that we needed a formation that would actually suit both Bowen and Grzycki to get them into the starting eleven. And I think we did sort of settle on a 4-2-3-1 as probably the best formation we could use. Um, and so it's great to see that we've sort of stumbled on the best formation for the personnel, and, and it's starting to work for them. Yeah, I think one other probably aspect which I was thinking about that has probably helped our season a little bit is there's been a few injuries, but I don't think there hasn't not really to like we haven't had a really bad run. I don't think with injuries no. overall for the for the course of the season, which has helped because that was probably one area of concern. It probably still is 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 depth is real is real squad depth. If we had two or three players. You know, in the next say six weeks, go down with serious injuries. I think we would start to struggle, but you know, hopefully that doesn't eventuate. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't remember which game it was. Whether it was this, it was one of it was Swansea or Preston or someone like that. It might have even been a little bit later. I'm not too sure. Where um, it was right after Elphick had been recalled by Villa and Irvine was off to um, the Asian Cup. So it must have been. Well, I don't know if it was actually the Leeds game. I think it was around then. Um, where um, basically it was Irvine was out of the team, Campbell was out of the team, and um, and um, Elphick had been recalled. And we thought, geez, you know, our depth's going to get tested. Not sure how the team's going to perform without Elphick, particularly in defence. Um, but Device has come come in a transformed player. Um, as, as I was saying before, the strikers have really stepped up, and so's Evandro. So, you know, even someone who at the start of the season was performing so well in batty is not making the team anymore. So... Whilst the depth's not necessarily there as much as it, as, as much as it could be, um, the team still seems to be gelling really well. And, and you know, without having to make wholesale changes, we are able to sort of switch players where needed. You know, Kane at right back versus uh, Lehigh at right back, Kingsley at left back. Um, get, we've got a bit of depth uh, to move across that defence. Um, I think if Krzyzewski or Bowen were down injured, that'd be a worry. But um, even Milinkovic now in the cup was looking really impressive. So we're starting to see players kind of say, oh, hang on, I want to sort of be part of this team. I want to be in this winning side. Um, really sort of starting to put their hand up um, to try and get a place in the starting 11. Yeah, I think um, obviously this is part of – this is obviously one of Adkins's strength is he's able to get the best out of players. Even like if you talk about Milinkovic and they had – he was brought to the club and then they sort of, they had the issues and um, he sort of got back into the squad for a game, but then he was late. So he was, you know, sent and there was obviously some um, issues and some lack of communication sort of between those two. But the fact that obviously Adkins has obviously been able to sit down with Milinkovic and just say, look, if you can just, if you just graft, you get into training and you work hard, you know, your time will come, you will get a chance. And um, it's good. It is good to see him, 
he's on only on the periphery at the moment, but that he's there because it's sort of it's it's disappointing always if like we we bought the player, so it's dis- it would be disappointing to have him just you know sit, sitting in the change room collecting wages. Mm. Um, at least he's got a he's got a potential to you know play some football hopefully, um, even if it's only as a sub for the for the minute or you know God forbid there's injuries or whatever. At least hopefully he'll um he's not going to get thrown in after you know playing two under 23s games in two months or something like um. yeah so i mean it, it'll be interesting to see what happens on that front and, and what sort of game time he gets but um speaking of bowen i think it, it's important to sort of touch on him first and foremost as our starman player so to speak with nine goals in eight games he's certainly blown away any sort of um speculation that he's a one season wonder that his form last season wasn't a fluke, and he's really started to step up a gear again this season. And some of his goals have been simply spectacular. You know, they're not tap-ins, um, or well, I mean, he scored a couple of penalties, but a lot of his goals, you know, screamers from outside the box, um, well-worked sort of passages of play to get past a couple of players. Um, he's he's been recognised as the form player of the championship. So he he's absolutely at the top of his form at the moment and, and looking an incredible player for us. Um, and so I guess the, the, the most important question, despite what the club has, has perhaps issued in statements, um, is just how important is it that we keep hold of him this window and, and don't sort of buckle and, and sell him to either a rival in the division or, or a Premier League club? I think, honestly, I think if we actually, I mean, it's, it seemed like such a you know, a distant dream at the start of the season. But if we, I mean, with our current position, it's it's attainable, if not still difficult. But if we stand any chance of even pushing for a promotion spot, even a, like a playoff spot, we need Bowen has to be at the club for the remainder of the season. Um, and that's not to say that we won't still get results without him, but to be to maintain as a impressive form line as we have. I think he needs to stay at the club. I think there's some some things have been good. I think like because there was been like Tottenham was rumored to be interested in stuff, and then but then Pochettino came out and said no, we haven't even looked at him. Yeah, didn't even know his name until until the question got asked. Yeah, so there's some things that you know, and then I think the club they they blocked someone on Twitter. One yeah, of the guys who's Jones. been cr- yeah, Jonas has <clears> been cr- crafting a lot of rumors around Bowen. So although that was quite funny. I thought it was funny too, but I mean, whether that is, um, like whether that's just a tactical thing from the club or whether, you know, they're just saying, look, we haven't had, no one's approached us and all these clubs that you're mentioning aren't actually saying anything about him. So, you know, why are you, why are yeah. all these, you know, is it just someone who's just trying to build speculation to try and, you know, make something happen or whatever. But, um, yeah, he, I, th- oh, I would be surprised if come, you know, the end of January that there hadn't been, you know, inquiries about him, but I'm hopeful, hopeful that we can hold on. Cause I think the other thing is like the Alums, as much as they've done all sorts of terrible things and it looks highly likely that basically there's no takeover again. Um, but they realize how much money is there if they can get to the Premier League. And so yeah. they're. I think at this stage they're going to try and keep this together. If they don't, if we don't get promoted, then the squad at the start of next season, or like at the end of this season, is essentially going to be in much the same shape as it is for the takeover that has obviously just fallen through for whatever reason. So that I think they're just sort of they're playing their cards a bit close to their chest and trying to maybe, 
you know, two bites of the cherry, so to speak. Yeah. If, they, and- if we can get to the Premier League, then they can sell the club, for, you know, an extra 20, 30 million or something. And if they don't, well, they're not really going to be any worse off than what they are now. Yeah, and I think that's right. And I think especially he's got a bit of time left on his deal. So it's not as if his, um, his deal expires in the summer and, and they're under any pressure to sell him. Do you think, I mean, hard to say without knowing him personally, but just kind of going off what we see in either the media or on the pitch, he seems like quite a good character. Do you think if the club accepted an offer for him, Bowen might sort of refuse to leave in a sense? Um, if he sort of saw the potential of the promotion push, that he might say, well, actually, I'm quite settled here. I want to stay focused for the rest of the season. And, and you know, obviously, unless there was a huge push from the club for him to for him to leave, do you think he's the sort of person that would sort of agitate for a move or, or potentially try and make a move happen? I Look, I don't think he is because, like, there's been a few players. I think Adkins was one that said, and there's some other of the managers and people that have said that basically, like, for a young guy like Bowen, the best thing they can be doing is playing football. They're yeah. like, he's, what's he, only 22 or 23 oh, or something? If that, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it, it, playing, being able to play, you know, 40 games in a season is, is uh, in the championship is probably more beneficial for him than coming off the bench five times in the Premier League for Everton, you know? Yeah. Um, the only difference is maybe the quality of the squad and training with those, but still, like, there's no... Six nothing like yeah. There's not there's nothing like games for yeah. developing. So, I think and like from what I've seen that he's just been saying um, in the media, uh, he seems pretty committed to the cause. And I, I don't think he's one that's going to be uh, trying to push push um, himself out the exit door anyway. Uh, one that might do that, but he seems to have absolutely turned his form around uh, in the last few months is Grzyki, with uh, three goals and four assists in the past six games, which is incredible form. Um, he's one that we sort of, in a way, saw this coming at the start of the season, or at least hoped that this would come, um, in that he's, I think, in now in the last six months of his deal, uh, and we thought if he came back into the squad, um, he'd get his head down and really sort of try and prove himself to any potential buyers, um, because once the window's closed and there's no sort of chance that he's going to make a move, um, he's just got to get his head down and start playing. Now, there's been, there hasn't been as much talk about a potential move for him this window as there usually seems to be each, every other window, basically, uh, which is interesting for two reasons. One, that potentially it means his agent isn't shopping him around as much and maybe he's a bit happier here now that we're, you know, this is probably the best, well, it is the best run of form that we've been on since he came to the club. Um, but also, potentially, it just means that the, the Alums are being true to their word and they're saying we're not going to sell and that, you know, that basically warded off any potential interest quite quickly yeah um i think also like one aspect that maybe shouldn't be discounted is that remember how his his deal fell through at the last minute um in the previous window was that he was there was an offer came in from another club he'd already gone and spoken to one club and was just about to agree terms and then heard that a spanish club had become interested and so he decided he didn't want that club he was going to go and wait for this other one to come through so maybe the you know clubs are a little bit uh wary of of approaching him at at the at um at this stage that you know they're not sure whether he can is truly going to commit if they you know and they might just you know they're gonna they're possibly just chasing other other targets who they feel are more you know true to their world and more reliable do you think if um I mean, I guess there's two hypotheticals here. One is that we don't make the playoffs at all. 
Uh, also, we'll, I guess there's three, but we'll go. One is that we don't make the playoffs at all. Do you think there's any chance that we could convince him to stay, or would we want him to stay? Um, and I guess the other one is if we got promoted, would we want him to stay? And I think he'd be much more willing in that scenario. But is is there a scenario where we would try to sign him to a new deal? And is there a scenario in which he'd accept? Um, I th- I honestly think the only scenario in which he would accept is if you know we we're in a position if we're in the Premier League and that's sort of hard to guarantee with six months to go and we're not in an automatic spot and there's a while there's not that big a gap to the playoffs there's a big gap you know it's a lot of points to overcome to try and sneak into the top two of the second half of the year you're talking about we're going to have we'd have to win like like, yeah 15 of the last 19 or whatever games are let like it's it's probably that's probably a little bit beyond us um so I think like, do I, would I, would I want him to stay? Do I want him to stay? Absolutely. I mean, like regardless of what division, I just think it's going to be hard because I think he's one of the players who's on Premier League wages still. Mm. So you, to get him to stay. I think he would definitely be probably the top wage earner at the club. Yeah. And Um, so you'd be asking him to take it to, to sign a new contract at this stage and stay at the club in the championship. You're asking him to take a, a very large pay cut, which, well, you know, for I'd be I'd be happy to take a you know a, a bloody tenth of what he's earning at the day at you know but um, he's gonna do he's got to do what's right you know for him he, they've only got a short career so uh, the way it's gone I wouldn't be, like I wouldn't be begrudge him for you know running it's, his contract out yeah. and signing on somewhere else but I I'd be immensely happy if he if there was if the club could find a way to negotiate a deal with him. It's, a, it's an interesting one because I think there's two elements to his um, ambition, which is, yes, he does seem to very much want to move. Um, he, he's sort of agitated for a move quite regularly before now where he's almost um, been looking for a big money move, so to speak. But I think also he's just looking to play at, at as high a level as possible. Um, but I guess the other interesting element is that this is almost... I mean, without going too far back into his playing history, I'd say this is almost the best form of his career, at, at this sort of level anyway. Um, I know when he was in France, he played reasonably well, but he also came off the bench quite often. Um, and then obviously was was decent for us in the Premier League, but wasn't scoring a whole lot of goals. This would almost be the best form of his, of his career. And I wonder if there's an element, yes, he's getting to that age where he does have to think about you know, what's best for his career in terms of making the most of it while he can. I just sort of wonder if, if there's any element that he's been at the club for, this is his third year now, whether he's he's got any sort of attachment and, and might sort of, yeah, if we said, look, we can give you a one-year deal at, yes, it's a reduced wage, but we'll have like a buyout clause um, and if things aren't going well, you could leave in January. I just wonder if he'd put another year in to sort of say, look, let's see how we go. Um, if we just missed the playoffs, well, let's see how we go, you know, reloading and going again next season um, with sort of a fresh start. Uh, where we could genuinely have a tilt at it. It's an interesting one. I, I, I kind of tend to agree. I think he'll probably leave. Um, but, you know, you never say never. I, I, the only the only thing that, that makes me think he will leave is is the Alums seem quite desperate and one, one-eyed when it comes to getting these Premier League wages off the books, which is also why I think Marshall will probably leave, which seems crazy, really, when you think we'll have a third starting number one keeper in um, three seasons, essentially. Um probably being long next season, which at least is, isn't too bad since he's already at the club. But uh, it, it seems like they're quite 
quite keen just to get these players off the books, and I think Henriksen's another who has already expressed that he'll probably head back to Norway after after this season or next season, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, that's what what you get when the our parachute payments are running out and yeah. it get, coming to the end. And um, like I think overall, like we've probably done pretty well to like we've only got those those couple of boys left um it's a shame i mean marshall i mean if it was last like it's the marshall that we've seen for most <laughs> of his contract here i'd have, I'd have just been i'd have almost been happy to see him go but the way he's been performing this season he's been outstanding and he's hardly put a foot wrong um apart from i think there's one or two errors yeah, that, like clear errors season, but I like think, he's but, been yeah like he's he will be he'll be sorely missed um but in saying that like you do. You've got Long there, um, who he seems a reasonably good keeper. So it's think, not. It's and not he's and he and he's what, eight years younger or something. Yeah, Long's only yeah. twenty twenty four or twenty five, I think. So you know he's got plenty of years um, potential to be a you know a long serving keeper and really build build his game and develop um, well because we seem to have um, some pretty good goalkeeping coaches at the club who um, are doing a lot of good work. So, which which is quite funny when I I don't know if you remember back when uh, when we were in the championship after our first spell in the Premier League, we almost seemed to have a different loan keeper every six months almost. I mean, we had guys like Galashki and Manoni, um, and I think there was a few others along the way as well. Um, a couple from United, I think, as well, uh, whose name escapes me, but. We just seem to be rotating keepers constantly because after my hill left, we just didn't seem to buy a new keeper for whatever bizarre reason. Um, so it's it's kind of nice these days that we have, as much as we're still sort of rotating a keeper each year, that they're, they're a permanent keeper at the club and, and it's a bit more stable in that sense. Um, but, but speaking of Marshall, it's probably worth talking about his form, as you've sort of touched on there, and also of Device. There's probably the two in the defence who've really sort of um, come on in leaps and bounds in this sort of period of good form where we've kept three clean sheets in a row now and it's been 11 goals scored since the last we've conceded. So it's not as if we're sort of sitting back in some sort of defensive formation. We're still attacking and, and being quite open, but the defence is just being remarkably resilient. Yeah, it's been um, it's been amazing. Uh, particularly, I think, devices, like, uh, growth through the season. Like, the first few, first probably couple of months, you, we were watching and going, oh, we, young guy, he... You know, you can see the potential there to be good, but he's just making these errors all the time. And and then I think just that, I guess like the stewardship of having Elphick alongside him, a senior figure, a mentor, um, for that time to just you know be able to say, oh, you know, this in these situations, you know, work on the work on these things, or you know, read read the game a little bit this way or whatever. It's it just it's been invaluable for him, and he is. Um, Almost a different player um, for the last, yeah, just the last six, seven weeks. Just been outstanding, really. And, and I guess the player to talk about in front of them, who you've already touched on, is um, Stuart, who another one has just sort of had this remarkable turnaround in form where um, if you'd said in the, the winter window, um, or sorry, I guess the summer window in England, um, if, if a club had made an offer for him, you'd almost drive him to that club. Um, but but now he's sort of turned into this player where people sort of he's I mean he's constantly going to get weighed down by the fact that he was involved in that Andy Robertson deal. Um, and I sort of try and try try and um, try 
try and sort of uh, rationalise it by thinking, well, we got Kevin Stewart for it for I think roughly five million, um, but we also got Wilson in January, who I like to think we kind of got because of some goodwill with Liverpool. Um, so I sort of think, oh, Kevin Stewart and, and Harry Wilson sort of helping us, Wilson's helping us stay up last season. Yeah, okay, that's that's not as unreasonable as it could otherwise feel. Um, but he'll always be weighed down by that, I think. And at least now he's starting to show it on the pitch and people are sort of starting to put that comparison out of mind. Uh, and he's just uh, he's just a man transformed. He, he started the last four games, I think, and he got man of the match against Sheffield Wednesday as well. Um, and I think that's probably the key for him. Is His last season, I can't remember if it was actually his debut game, but it was one of his first few for the club. He um, had, his, had that really bad ankle injury. I think it might have actually been his debut against QPR and he came off after 25 minutes or something with that bad injury and was out for quite a while. Um, and so he just didn't get that sort of good start at the club and didn't get that sort of run of confidence. And so he's sort of been in and out of the side. And then when you start getting that pressure from the fans, from the media, uh, it can get really tough. And I, I, it's the same with Marshall, really. Um, so the fact that they've been able to turn it around and become such quality players is, is a real testament to them. And we have to put our hands up or I'll put my hand up and say I was entirely wrong about both of them, that um, we we were quite critical of both players and thought that they just needed a fresh start somewhere else and, and they've turned it around at Hull, which is great to see. Yeah, I think um, what I said to you off air was this is the Stuart that we paid the, you know, four million pounds for or whatever we, it was that we paid. You know, he's actually just, just, abs- just bossing that midfield area and... Um, it's chaos at my house at the minute. Dogs <laughs> okay. everywhere. Um, uh, yeah, it's been it's been great to see. And I think I think you mentioned it before, like the fact that for the first two months or three months of the season, we were saying, oh, well, you know, isn't it good that you know Batty is you know young you know Hull Academy player and is and is you know got himself into a starting position and is performing so adequate like so well each week and you know I can't really see anyone pushing him out but and I think that's testament to how far how hard Stewart has worked and how far he has come to get into a position where not only has he managed to you know push Batty out of the starting lemon he's pushed him base he's cemented himself so well in the last four games he doesn't look like you, I can't imagine a situation where he's going to get dropped by like an injury yeah yeah definitely so it's it's fantastic to see for him and and really, I mean, the other players we haven't mentioned, you know, whether it's Kane, whether it's Evandro, whether it's um, Martin or Stewart or uh, Campbell or whoever's up front for us, um, whether it's uh, Kingsley at left back's also vastly improved. Burke is looking really solid. Henriksen in midfield's great as well. So the whole team has done uh, fantastically well over the last couple of weeks or last couple of months even, um, even if we haven't talked about them in detail. Um, but we will look ahead now to the Aston Villa game this Saturday and you know we were saying before before we started recording that it's crazy to think that um, last episode that we recorded we were hoping for a point against Birmingham and now we're sort of looking at the Villa game as if we drop points in this it would be a disappointment uh, and in fact we're above them in the table which is just utterly ridiculous when you think after that first game of the season against them that the two sides just looked miles apart in terms of form in terms of quality in, t- in terms of where they're going to finish the season um, and it's it's a chance to put a real gap between us and them and, and to close the gap to the top six given that a couple of the sides just above us in the table play each other yeah I think um, if 
we win and there's a couple of draws or the results go the right way, there's we could end up only a point outside the top six, I think, um, if my memory serves me. Crazy, um, yeah. Which is insane considering, you know, as you're saying, before when we last recorded we were 23rd or whatever and <laughs> crazy, crazy times. But, um, yeah, no, I think uh, – we just if we I mean it's we're at a point now where I mean what do you say we just have to keep doing what we're doing <laughs> keep doing what we're doing and I really can't see any reason why we won't win <laughs> it's really it's kind of as simple as that at this stage I think and that's we how just it felt need, against Sheffield Wednesday it just felt like yeah. we just went out and, and did our thing and there was no sort of concern that um, you know it wasn't like they had a whole barrage of chances at the start of the game and we felt shocked or anything we just went out calmly and just did what we did. Yeah, well, the only the thing that the only thing I thought was funny was um, Kieran Westwood. He was he was pretty much the difference that he was the difference in that game that stopped it from becoming another six nil. And I remember a certain playoff match against Sheffield Wednesday where there was a Kieran Westwood <laughs> who kept, did the same, pulled off her, yeah. save after save after save. So I don't know why why he you know just wants to pull it out against us, but um, no, it was it was it was good, and I think. Um, yeah, I really don't. I can't see. I I can't see a loss this weekend. It's just that that's just how I see it. I just everyone's performing so well, and it would. I think if it, like obviously the run is going to come to an end eventually, but I don't think I don't think it'll be this weekend. Well, it, it's crazy because somebody posted up our remaining fixtures for the for the season, and it, it's great when you consider the fact that we've already played Leeds twice, who are probably the most dangerous side in the in the league. Um, especially if your training ground is easily accessible by certain Leeds employees, it seems. Um, but having already played Leeds, we've obviously still got Norwich and West Brom to come as probably the two other most dangerous teams in the competition. But other than that, when you think about it, everyone just seems eminently beatable. Um, Derby perhaps always seem to trouble us. They're probably the other big uh, question mark over whether we can get a victory. But there's a whole lot of games coming up where you think if we can produce the sort of form that we're producing now, which, as you say, there's not a whole lot of reason why we can't because it's not like it's, it's not like we're kind of fluking 1-0 wins or anything like that. It's quite co- comprehensive victories. If we can sort of keep it up and, yeah, we're going to drop a few games here and there, but suddenly that 40-point target that Adkin set, which is now 37, it doesn't seem that remarkable to accomplish. And, and I think it was Buckingham after the Wednesday game pointed out we're actually a point better off than we were in 2007-2008 when we got to the, I think we finished third that season um, on our yeah. way to promotion. So, yeah, I saw, I saw that they've been doing a lot of, um, been doing a lot of comparisons between those the two sides lately. It's been, uh, been an interesting reading. Yeah, so it's, it's one of those ones where you think, you, you kind of, you, you look at it, I think before the Wednesday game I sort of looked at promotion, or playoff possibilities and thought, well, so much has got to go our way. We've got to win so many games to get there. But when you get it, when you get it phrased that way or framed that way, that we're actually a point better off than a team that did make the playoffs and did actually finish third and then won the player final. Um, you look at Fulham last season as well, for instance. I mean, they were twelfth halfway through the season, and then just I think they dropped one or two games for the second half of the season, and just just the momentum carried them through. And that's almost the benefit as well of where we're coming from is. As much as you can consider, well, it's unsustainable to just keep winning, who's to say that we can't? And if we do, you actually have that winning momentum. You're not sort of stumbling over the finish line into the playoffs. You've actually got that confidence that you're playing against sides that you've already beaten um, and, and there's nothing to say that you can't keep going. 
Yeah, I th- and um, I think like the other one thing to consider, like as I'm just looking at you know Grisicki's stats, and and you're talking about he's got three goals, he's got four assists, which are good. But I think about all the ones that he hasn't. Like, yeah. but he's so, he's so confident at the moment, and he's taking players on, he's having plenty of opportunities, and he's, he's had, had so many play. close calls, so many it, close calls. He's hit the post a bunch of times yeah. in the last month, and like all sorts of things. Like, he's such a good player to watch in full flight when he's got his tail up and he's running at defenders, and you see him doing like nutmegs against Le- Le- Leeds players, and yeah, as you say, just taking shots and just worrying keepers he is such a fantastic he's he's probably the most skillful most dangerous player in the division on his day yeah and i think like that's the thing you think about so how good he is and yet like his stats while they're good they're not outstanding and yet he's probably despite bowen being the form player of the competition grisicki's the one that everyone fears and i think that's going to be um as long as he you know, keeps doing what he's doing. And I think he's he's got himself into a position. He was sort of a little bit up and down through the first part of the season, but he's at a, he's got himself into a point now where every week he's just sort of, he's just on. He's ready to go and he's and he's doing what he, what he loves. Um, so I think, yeah, it's... Yeah, it's gonna I, be, it, yeah, I think that's a great point that it's... it's And it's sort of, it's sort of what I was saying about... Um, it's not like we're stumbling over... Teams and winning one nil through a lucky goal or anything like that, where kind of comprehensively dismantling sides, and yet could be winning by more. I mean, even against Bolton, we could have scored more goals. Uh, it was that first half, where for the first half an hour or so, we were just kind of peppering their goal but not breaking through. So there's been all of these opportunities to actually just put on a, an absolute cricket score against some sides. So where, if anything, we're sort of being held back rather than um, just sort of stumbling across the line. Um, just on the Villa game, so they lost last time out to Wigan 3-0, which is a pretty remarkable result in itself. Um, obviously, Abraham staying at the club is great news for them, or he's at least for the time being staying at the club. Other one, other big player, obviously, being Elphick, who will likely line up in defence for them. Um, but for all the talk of our defensive stability, I mean, Villa have leaked five goals in their last two games with Elphick at centre-back. Yeah, um, I think the other thing about Villa is... They six kind of they kind of just a club in they're just a little bit in turmoil at the moment. They sort of they couldn't quite get it together under Bruce, and so he left, and Dean Smith came in, and they got a couple of good results. But overall, they really haven't improved on what they were dishing out for for Bruce. So, um, I you know I sort of thought when when Smith came in and they. Started getting a couple of results together. I thought, oh, you know, we'll have that new manager feeling, and they'll and they'll you know continue their climb up, and they'll be you know at the top in you know that top end of the table. But they really haven't, and so they're not really a team that holds a lot of fear um, for me. No, and I think especially back to back three 0 losses for them against Swansea and Wigan. Um, or oh, sorry, well I guess that was in the FA Cup, so it's not necessarily. As poor. I mean, they had a 2-2 draw with QPR before that, so that might be what I was thinking of in terms of the five goals. But there'd be a lot of pressure from the fans now and a lot of uh, impatience because they're a big club. They should they should be looking at a club like Newcastle who, when they went down, or West Ham even, bounced straight back up. Didn't happen for them last season, lost in the playoff final. Um, they'll be feeling quite a lot of impatience and expecting it just to sort of click into gear for them because they've spent a lot of money. You'd think... I mean, they're like Derby in that sense, where Derby every couple of years goes out and spends this whole heap of money, and they're 
supporters get very expectant that they're just going to go up. Same with leads. And it just doesn't happen for them. And that leads to this pressure on managers that you don't necessarily see at other clubs. Same with Forrest to an extent. We saw Karanka leave them quite recently. Where there's this pressure of expectation because of the history of the club, because of the size, that when results don't sort of just kind of come naturally and they don't kind of float the table to an automatic promotion spot, there's a lot of pressure at the club. And I think you're right that it's sort of, whilst they're not sort of in crisis, they're definitely a club that another, another couple of bad results, another, you know, sort of drop down the table and things could get quite bad quite quickly for them. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I'm just glad that it's not us this time. <laughs> it's just a weird feeling to go into games. That Wednesday game, watching that last week, um, sitting down to watch it, it's, it was the weirdest feeling to think that we were actually going into a game as favourites and a game that we were expected, to, and same with the Bolton game before that, where we actually felt like we were going to win quite comfortably. Um, and, of course, nothing's ever comfortable supporting City. You never win the games that you expect, but somehow we are at the moment, and it's um, it's fun. I mean, I, I think I sent out a tweet quite recently that it's it's if we don't get promotion, that's fine by me. It's just great that this half of the season, or at least at, at the moment, is fun again. It's sort of that joy of football again. It's why why we love the game, why we support the club, that you get that sort of passion back. And I think at the start of the season, as much as I was still watching the games and supporting the club, there was sort of that detachment there because you went into games expecting to lose or expecting disappointment. Um, and it was it was a lot harder to um, to get sort of emotionally invested in, and, and excited about games in the same way. Whereas now it's just such, it's that great feeling again. It's it's our best friend of form since we went up under Bruce uh, three years ago now. So um, it's just, it's, yeah, it's great to be watching winning football and, and, and the club, you know, at the top of its, top of, top of its game. Yeah. Um, I just remembered something I read the other day, which was, I think this is the first time that City has won six in a row since like yeah. 1914 or uh, something. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it's, it's the first time, well, it's, uh, so it's the stats since 1910. It's our, it's our longest winning streak at this level since 1910. So oh, I think yeah. we'd won six in a row uh, uh, yeah, at maybe lower, 15 lower years level. ago in like League yeah. One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But remarkable, like at this level, to, to for it to be that long since we've been in this form, when um, I would say the majority of our history, we, we have been a, a second division club, a championship club. So it's not as if we're a perennial League Two, League One club and... Um, Okay, nineteen ten—that's so long ago, but we we aren't up here that often. But we actually are, so it's it is actually quite a remarkable stat that it's been that long since that number of wins. Um, and if we do beat Villa, it'll be interesting to see um, how how long we go before it's it is our longest winning run. You know, until we surpass that League One sort of winning run. Um, but but on that, I guess, what, what's your score prediction against Aston Villa? Um, I think. I don't know. I just I got a weird feeling that Elphick's gonna like pop up and score yeah, another yeah. goal like he did in the have, first game yeah, when we played him in mind. round one. I just have this thing he'll just like pop up in the you know five minutes to go and and but I think it'll be reasonably comfortable. I think I'll go three one. Yeah, I, I am a little bit conscious of that. There is always that element of a player scoring against his former club, so I'm quite worried he will do that. I could see a two-one or a two-nil. I just think we look so solid in defence that um, it'll it'll take something to to knock us off. Um, and and it's eight wins. It was eight wins in a row in two thousand four, two thousand five. So that's sort of the target this group has 
has to uh, to defeat, uh, and then we'll see what the next longest winning run is. But I, I would see like a two nil or a two one, a two nil or a two one win for City. I would think. Um, so yes, uh, thank you for joining me, Dan. It's been quite a while between drinks, and it's uh, good to get back on the uh, on the mic. Absolutely, thanks for having me. And thanks everyone for listening in. I promise we won't be away for quite so long before our next episode. We should be back this time next week to uh, dissect that Aston Villa result and uh, look ahead, hopefully, to continuing our winning run. But until then, come on, City! You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back cause you're out